podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Let's just have a little. Welcome to the LFC Day Trippers. My name's Emmett and this is Viewer's Voice. With me this week is Matt, Ron and Ash for the first time. No stranger to the Day Trippers, but first time on this show. Ash, how are you? I'm all good, thanks mate. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Like I said, first time on Viewer's Voice. Um, ready to get stuck in, ready for the Prem on Saturday. But yeah, all good mate, all good in the hood my end, thanks. Lovely stuff. And the new Kev O'Sullivan appearing on every show that's moving at the moment. Matt, how are you, pal? I'm pretty good. I mean, you kind of took that role for a little bit too there, uh, <laughs> you know, a couple of months ago. So, I mean, I'm in a steam company. I'll take that. It's uh, Kev's been a good addition to the trippers in general. So I hope I can Absolutely. match up to that in even some ways. So, but yeah, doing good. Good stuff. And Ron, how are you? Hanging in there. How's it going, man? Yeah, all good. I'm just actually looking down here at the predictions from last week's show for the uh, Community Shield. Ron was 2-1, Salah and Diaz. Matt was 4-1, Salah, Firmino, Nunes and Diaz. Dan was to win on pens, and I was 2-0, Salah and Nunes, so I think we'll call that a win for me. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and both my scorers scored. Um, so as you know, this is uh, Viewer's Voice, uh, where we get viewers on the show, Ron, Ash, Matt, all uh, previous viewers and now contributors. Um, and we just talk over a few topics that we've come up with over the last few days. So um, the one that we'll start off with tonight is contracts. And I think the contract situation was... I'm going to say Ron's, Matt's. Mine. Matt's. Well, the contract situation. Yeah. And, of course, I think since we started um, discussing topics for this evening, one of the contracts has actually been sorted out. So um, what way do you see? So Jot has signed on the dotted line. Um, do you see other contracts before the start of the season? Do you see contracts being sorted out between now and when a lot of them end next season? Take us through your thoughts on it. Yeah, um, this is obviously spurred on by the news of Jada's extension, which I think we can all agree is fantastic. It's a, another player that, you know, with an injury, the club is still offering them and a contract extension sort of thing. So it shows the faith that both he has in the club and the club has in him. So it's just more good vibes all around. I think it's possible that Nabi Keita might get a contract extension sorted sometime, maybe not before the season starts, pushing it a little late, but you know, it might just be one of those ones that gets announced during the September international break or something like that, just 
quietly slips in on a Friday sort of thing of, oh, by the way, you know, Navicate has signed a four-year extension. But just looking at our contracts and when players' contracts run out, I mean, everybody focuses on next summer when you have the three midfielders of Chamberlain, Keita, and Milner's contracts all up and expiring. Um, Adrian's contract is up next year as well. Nat Phillips' contract and Bobby Firmino. Out of those players, it's only Navi and Bobby that, you know, you're really concerned about for the strength of the squad in seasons after this one. Are there replacements already potentially in the squad for Bobby? I would say perhaps Fabio Carvalho, uh, you know, getting a run out at Strasbourg, playing as that false nine for, I believe, the entire 90 minutes. That was a real eye-opener that this early on that Klopp has used him as a left-sided midfielder, a left-sided attacker, and now as a false nine during the preseason. So that could possibly be uh, the evolution of Fabio Carvalho to be the long-term replacement for Bobby Firmino. But if you look at how our contracts are staggered out, we've got six up next summer, three the summer after that, six the summer after that, four, and then seven contracts that run until 2027. And it's a good mix. We don't have a huge, you know, until you get to 2025 when you have Virgil, Trent, and Moe's contracts coming up, you don't really have a huge huge issues to worry about going forward so it's just more evidence of just how well the ship is run and then I mean of course the big one is that Klopp and the coaches are all signed on until 2026 as well so it just shows that the that base of the team is very strong everybody's locked in everybody's committed to the project you know you don't really get any whiff from any of the players about really wanting out especially players that are anywhere close to the first team so it's just it's something else. Uh, you know, Gav accused me of being optimistic yesterday, and I have to hold my hand up and say that I am, in fact, guilty of that. It's uh, it's all good vibes in Liverpool land as far as I'm concerned, and I think uh, Diogo Jota signing that contract is just further evidence. So what you're saying is we don't have any Dean Hendersons going off on loan and then speaking bad about the club. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, Ash, on contract, so Helm, I mean, I think it's massive uh, getting Jota's out of the way. How important is it do you feel to get contracts sorted if they're going to be sorted early before the season starts? Because look, the, the noise isn't going to be as much as Salah's. And I think there's only 18 months until we start, have to start worrying about his contract again. But yeah. how, how good would it be to get Naby's And I, I honestly, personally, I, I like Naby. I'm on record as saying I like Naby. And I think the last season and even in pre-season, he's done well. And I think he deserves that contract. Um, how important do you think it is to get it out of the way before the season starts to like to try and avoid all this noise at press conferences? I know journals won't be as kind of worried about con- those contracts as they were about Salas, but um, would you like to get them out of the way early, or are you happy enough to just let them be sorted when they're sorted? I think it all comes down to the pedigree of the player first and foremost. Um, like I said, there's a lot of noise in the last. 12, 18 months by Salah. And like we saw at the end of last season, it was pretty much nearly every press conference, interviews with him, interviews with Klopp, what's going on with the contract, meltdown on social media, as expected. Um, so the bigger the bigger important players, i.e. the Salahs, you would expect it to be done ASAP, um, which we have done, which is brilliant. So that's, that's forgotten about. That's no more, don't need to be asked no more for the next couple of years. Um, in regards to people like Naby, again, an integral part of of the of the team. Um, but I, I would probably say with the same as what Matt was saying, it's it's one of those who probably expect it 
on the off chance in the middle of a week in September or October rather than then before the, before Saturday when we play Fulham. Um, I think it's imperative to get it done early. It just stabilises the team. It everyone knows their position. They, there's no murmurs inside the dressing room. There's no nothing going on in the media. All that is cut. All the bullshit is done. You know I mean, it's everyone knows their position. They can crack on with the season. Um, just going back to what Matt was saying in regards to Bobby, I have seen a old school trippers releasing something on social media saying that apparently that is is in talks at this moment in time and negotiations are going well. So who knows? That could be something that we might see in the next few days that is signed, sold or delivered. Whether it's a one one year rolling contract, I'll take that because we all know how important Bobby is and even though he's probably not as a goal scorer as what he was, he's still an integral part of uh, of the team. So I'll be happy for him to sign. Brilliant that Jota has, but I'm definitely one of those. I would rather get it done early, get it done, and then focus on the, the summer after for the next upcoming contracts, really. Good stuff. And Ron, we, we actually spoke on this show last week about Firmino and what his role in the team would be. Would his role change? Would his position change? Um, he's into his last year of his contract as well. Um, my favourite uh, player of the Klopp era over the last six or seven years, um, I'd love him to stay on. Uh, comments that he's come out since the Community Shield, uh, basically that he's really happy where he is. Um, do you see him extending um, or do you see him or the club allowing him to, to see it out and then maybe moving on? I personally think that he's integral. Like like what Matt said, um, there's so many young lads in there. Even El- Elliot and Carvalho, um, I think, will learn an awful lot from from Bobby. Um, would you be on the side of hoping they extend, or do you think it's it's going to be swung on season? I I'm, I'm on the side. I hope he extends. Um, I think, and I do think he will. I like kind of like how Matt said about. Um, Nabby, which is something, this might be something that gets, you know, kind of done, you know, kind of quietly and just kind of announced one day and then that's the end of it. I kind of, I actually, I think that's going to be more of the Firmino scenario than Nabby because like one of the commenters just mentioned, uh, I do agree that it's highly likely if Nabby hasn't, doesn't sign soon, he probably will be looking for pastures new. There's a whole lot of reasons uh, to that. Why I think that, um, and we'll get into them when we talk about getting to other segments, but as far as Firmino goes, um, you know, I don't think we can overstate the impact he's had since, since you know, the fun three has been put together. Uh, I, I don't think you can overstate that. I think the, the lessons he's taken, the, the way, you know, Lunker players like, like you mentioned, Elliot, Carvalho, um, even Nunez to an extent can learn from Bobby and then not only learn from how Bobby views the game and approaches the game, but also how Bobby views the game through Klopp's system. Um, Cause I think that's also important because, you know, it's not just the talents of Bobby that, that we've all loved. We've also loved how Bobby has uh, been, been the spirit of implementing the attack from implementing the defense and the, from the front, but with the pressure that he provides in the press. Um, and, you know, if that isn't if that isn't your, your game when you walk in the NFL, if you pay attention to Bobby Fino, it'll be in before you leave. So I, I think he's invited for that. Yeah, and I think Archie says there, in his opinion, that Firmino is going to be a major part of the team this season. And I think I thought that myself as well. 
Um, not because of Jota's injury, not because Nunes needs uh, easing in. Well, I think, like we've always said, Bobby has an awful lot to to, to offer uh, to the squad. Um, he's like the Swiss Army knife of football players. He's defensive headers, winning ball back, winning balls back in midfield. He's, he's really good pressing as well. Ash, do you see for me? I mean, particularly seeing that he started the Community Shield. Um, on uh, Saturday, do you think Bobby has a major part to play this season? Yeah, well, I don't, mate. Um, my stance on Bobby for me now hasn't changed in any way. Still do a job for us, and he's got the the trust from Klopp as well. It's not Klopp's not afraid to chuck him in at the deep end in the big important games because he's he's done it for us in the last few years. He's got his, he's shown his his worth. He's shown his his faith and. It wouldn't surprise me if on the on the on occasion when we do play the Chelsea's or the Cities that we go back to a Firmino and Salah with I don't know like a Diaz on the left or a Jota on the left because you know that Bobby on the big occasion can can put out the bag again. Like I said, he's not as prolific as what he was, but he still does a job for us. You know, he's the front of the press, gets down defenders' throats, links that link up as well between midfield to to Salah and like I said, Diaz or. Nunez, whoever plays on the left. It wouldn't surprise me if we do change it up and go to a 4-2-3-1. That you see Bobby going down the middle as well in the in the three. And maybe if you're like we saw on the other occasion last year that we when Klopp went four up front, if you take a midfielder out and then you put Bobby in midfield just to link up him with four outlets on, on either side is integral. And yeah, I think we will see a massive, massive part of Bobby this year. And us on the field and off the field, i.e. like helping Nunes settle in and, and Carvalho and his experience is massive going forward for the next couple of years when he does eventually go. And um, we, we've probably spoken about five subs uh, on the podcast as much as we, we used to speak about Salah's um, contract. Matt, do you think, and my opinion of Bobby would be that I think he's a better starter than coming on as a sub. Uh, he kind of he would have more impact on the game. Um, not that he's ineffective when he comes on. I just think he does better when he starts games. What would your opinion be on Bobby starting, or whether he has more of an impact coming off the bench? It's hard to gauge because we haven't really seen Darwin from the start. You know, it uh, our opinions might change, and I think I fall into that camp. The more we see of Darwin Nunez, it's the more I see of him, the more the more excited I am for him, and can understand why the club was okay spending the amount that we're going to end up spending on him. Uh, but Bobby coming off of the bench, to me, it's it's like a Milner option for up front. You know, regardless of the position that you're in in the game, you can bring him on. You know, it doesn't matter if you're being bombarded with long balls and corners. Like, he's fantastic defensively. He knows all of his responsibilities. Like Ash was saying, like, he's the embodiment of that club system. Like he's, he's been there the longest out of all the forwards. So he knows how the whole machine works and has played all across the front line over the years. So to have him to come off of the bench is incredible for us. And especially if you think five subs, if he's coming on, maybe you're chasing a game. You might be bringing on a Carvalho or a Harvey Elliott to play alongside with him. And it's, those are both kind of those tricky types of players that seem like they would flourish of working with Bobby because, you know, nobody's going to say no to another ridiculous back heel pass, you know, set somebody through for a nice goal from Bobby Firmino. So it's, 
He's going he's gonna to get his minutes without question if he can stay healthy. I'm just starting to think that that's, the starting role might be gone for Bobby before he knows it. And if Diego Jota takes too long getting back from his injury, uh, it, it might not be a spot available for him there. I think Darwin might just grab it. So um, you mentioned six contracts are up next yep. summer, summer 23. So Bobby, Naby, Milner with his one year. Who yep. else did we say? Chamberlain. Okay. Nat Phillips, Nat Phillips and Adrian. So I said out of that, the only one that's a potential first teamer is Naby Keita. Yeah. Easily replaced. Adrian's easily replaced. Nat Phillips, easily replaced. Chamberlain, easily replaced. Not so easy to replace as Bobby and Milner, like just for the roles that they play in the team, the versatility and the experience and the leadership that they have. Uh, and then into next season, 2024, it's Matip, Tiago, and Seb Vandenberg are the only contracts that expire in 2024. So we've done a lot of good work. Like last summer, we signed a lot of contract extensions, getting a lot of players tied down to deals at 25, 26, 27 that they run to. And that's we're going to start seeing the dividends from that now. Because it allows us to just say, and came up in the chat of, we've got out of our forwards, Darwin Nunez, Diaz, Diogo Jada, and Fabio Carvalho, all of their contracts expire in 2027. But there is no way that they all get to 2027 without having being offered extensions. You know, Luis Diaz will probably, if he can find his form and start putting the end product into place, he'll be offered an extension probably next summer, you know, maybe 18 months from now on slightly higher wages. And that just, that's the way that we do it. You know, you're not, we're not going to give you Jaden Sancho level wages when you first come through the door. You know, you're going to start out at 140 or 160 grand a week. But if you have a good season, you start doing it again for a second season, we'll bump you up to 180, 200 and sign on for another couple of years. So it's really, really clever management from Liverpool. Just it's, it's, and you mentioned there about the not giving Jaden Sancho wages or Rashford wages or Pogba wages. That's, that's just one thing that I, I think that's obviously real. All it's United players. We, yeah, but we, we just, I just feel that we do it really, really, really well in terms of the the bonus structure. I mean, I think when Bobby first arrived, he was on, I think he was on something like eight grand per, per goal up to 10 goals. Then it was something like 12 grand for every goal thereafter. And, and it was like a, a, a scale, but yet he was still probably one, still, still probably one of our top sisters. And um, even when he was getting additional uh, money. Um, but the one thing that I actually like what United do with the contracts is they put in that one-year extension option and it's the club decide whether to trigger um, the one-year extension. So you don't get into a position that we're in at the moment, I suppose. Well, you probably still would, but it gives you a little bit longer. With the likes of Naby or with the likes of Salah or Firmino, the positions that we've been in with Chan or Genie. Is that something that you would like to see us maybe implement into contracts or is it something that you've even ever given any thought to? I'd say that to Ron, sorry. I just dropped me light there. Um I think I think I think the way we've we've gone is the is the op is is the trade off to that, which is, you know, we'll 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 give you the staggered we'll give you we'll give you the, the growth potential, but we're not gonna give you we're not gonna care hit you over the head with an extension right off that in clause in the contract. So I think so I think it's just I think I don't really know that it, that it, that I would want to go the opposite route of paying exorbitant wages and but uh, but as a result of that I get to trigger. No, no, no. So what I, what I would say su- what I would suggest is is that we like do you do you think it's a case that it's either one or the other? It's either we they agree to the kind of 
pay scale or the bonus structure or they put a one-year extension. I wouldn't be suggesting now to be thrown 300 grand at somebody and having the one year. It would just be the contracts that we have at the moment, but just adding in that we have the option to extend it by a year. Yeah, I'm just think I'm just thinking as 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 if I was as if I was if I was their agent, what would I would say to them in that in that in that in that moment, no. which is, you know, if the club want to do that, they need to pay for that. They need they need to compensate you for having that for for that option um, in some way, shape, or form. You know, we rather compensate. It seems like we'd rather go the route of compensating them for what they produce on the field, not necessarily a slight business advantage towards the end of their contract situation. I mean, it, I can see the merit in it, um, not not to discourage it all outright, but... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. To your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I just think I'd rather go, I'd rather do it the way we're doing it now. Yeah, I think Kev, Kev O'Sullivan says there he thinks it's a trade-off or contracts like that might mean a higher basic. So yeah, happy with the way things are done at the moment. It's just the one. It's the only thing in a Manchester United contract. That I think is really good. Um, it seems good. it seems like something borrowed from American sports to me. Like especially yeah. when I look at basketball, with how players are getting to the point of saying, "Like I'll just run my contract down, and then I'll take my pick of the litter in the open market as a free agent." That clubs are putting that in so that they can protect themselves a little bit. They can activate that one year extension onto the contract and try to move a player on if they know that they're not going to stick around long term. So it does make sense, and the way that football transfers seem to be going with more and more players looking like they're willing to just run their contracts down and leave on the Bosman. You might see more teams trying to go for it. Good stuff. Well, look, um, we'll actually come back to Bobby um, towards the end of the show, um, one of our topics. Next topic, um, Ron, uh, was yourself in terms of the midfield. Now, I think when we first spoke about it, you said our tenuous midfield. So... uh, I had to actually look up what that word meant. <laughs> so, uh, weak. <laughs> so, our weak midfield. I'll just keep an eye on the well, comments here. Reason, really the, reason why, the reason why I chose tenuous is because weak sounds a bit harsh. And I, <laughs> so I, wasn't, I, wasn't going, I wasn't going for the weak part of that. Uh, I was going more for the fact that, and I think, you know, you guys have brought it up before. I, know, I definitely know Gav has brought this up before. Um, we take we take full stock of the bodies that we have. Um, the more I look at it, the more I agree. Uh, we might be a little bit light, you know. <laughs> <laughs> might be a little bit tenuous. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah, we're we're a little bit light in that department. You know, we you know Henderson's reliable as as, as he's ever been. Yeah, he gets niggles here and there, but you know we, you can count on them. You don't have to worry about that guy. Um, Ox, however, you know he. Even though you can say, okay, well, he's injured, not really, you know, yeah, that makes us like because he's injured. But even if he's available, he doesn't really count towards our options because, as we saw last season, he was available, what, some 90% of matches, Klopp had no interest in using him. And I don't know what about this season would be any different. Um, so that's somebody not you can't really count. Um, 
Carvalho and Elliott and Jones, all very young, all learning their trade. You got to give them their grace of having their ups and downs like like anybody else. So, you know, nothing to really rely on there. I, I, I think they'll do well, but am I counting on that? Do I want to count on that going into a season where you're going to be challenging all, all fronts? It makes me feel like we're a little bit light. Um, Navicata, this is what I was going to go into about his contract a little earlier. You know, I don't know that I know, I know for a fact that, at least from a fan's perspective, I would say most of us would agree that the Navicator we got isn't necessarily the Navicator we thought we were going to get. Now, for good or bad, better or worse, you know, he's he's been improving as of late in terms of availability, in terms of performance, consistent performances. But, you know, is he do, – do we, do we have a grasp? I don't think we have a grasp on what he thought his situation would be like. Does he, is he playing enough for him? You know, he's got, he's got his own ambitions to worry about. So I don't know that he signs. Um, like Matt said, he is, he is replaceable. Um, and I don't know. I mean, we're going to have to rely on one in the season just based on our numbers in midfield. But, you know, he is susceptible to a breakdown. You know, he's, he's so, I, so I don't know. Like for me, I've always, I, 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 I agree with, the, the, the team earlier this summer when I said I you know I'd like to have one more uh, particularly in midfield come in come into the door that's looking ever unlikely but uh, put it I wanted to put this out to the to the guys to 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 give their thoughts you know I know everyone's you know confident about going into the season with the squad we have but does the midfield give anybody pause at this point? Um, yeah, well, look, I'm going to go to Matt because Klopp was on record as saying that there will be no more incomings providing there's nobody leaving and no more injuries. That was before Ox's injury, that was before Jones's injury, and it was before Tyler Martin went on loan to Blackburn. Um, do you see the midfield as being tenuous at the moment, Ash, and do we look to add to it? Do you see us adding to it? I think first and foremost we've got to remember um, this is the same midfield that played 63 games last season and got us potentially 15 minutes away from the travel and then one goal from Real Madrid from the quadruple. Yeah, it's one year on, one year older, like every other team. You've got to remember that. But then <laughs> our fans are notorious for it, as, you, as you've as all probably seen in the past. Everyone likes something shiny, something new. And then they think we're light, and then all of a sudden we have a phenomenal season, and everyone forgets about all the comments that was made eight nine months previous to that. I do rec- I do think that next season will be an evolution and a, a an overhaul of our midfield. I think there's still enough quality and enough legs and experience between. I think was it seven we've got seven eight on the books. Is that right? It was around about that. And between them all, I think that's enough to get us through potentially another 63 games. If not, you know, let's say we go out early in the FA Cup and the League Cup, um, that cuts that cuts the amount of games down. Injuries is hit and miss, isn't it? I think everyone's still on the, the bandwagon of being scared of what happened a couple of years ago. I well, think we're that's we're already two down. <laughs> yeah, Jones. And, um, uh, we don't know, we don't know how bad Jones is, obviously, <laughs> but we do know. Well, we don't know exactly how bad Ox is, is but um, the 
it doesn't look promising for us. It doesn't, no. And I think those scars are still there in a lot of people's minds, um, what happened a couple of years ago. So I'm exactly the same. Like I said, you think a couple down, what happens if, you know, against Fulham, we lose like Hendo or Thiago for a couple of weeks and then we really are light. Um, but I've, I've said this a few weeks now, I do think we're going to go to a 4 2 3 one a lot more this season, which then gives us a case of only using the two midfielders and then the four attackers which then frees up the rotation policy of, you know, we can have like a Thiago and Hendo in one game or a Fabinho Thiago or whatever that looks like. Um, I would love a couple more. I'm not going to turn around and say I don't. I, I would, I could name them now if I could, but I think next season. No, no. Um, I think Jude is definitely the first one, first and foremost. Um, and, Doing a little bit of research after a few pods on there about Nunes. Uh, after what Keith was saying, they reckon it's like the, the second Thiago and stuff like that. So I think he would suit us as well. Yeah, but I think I think there's enough for for at least one more season. I think if we're sitting there this time next year and we're having the same discussion with the same midfield and no one coming in, then I think there might be a case to worry about. But I'm I'm fairly confident that we've got enough this year. Cool. And Matt, uh, Ash mentioned Jude Bellingham and there was kind of reports this week that we may be uh, looking at doing a similar deal to what we did for Naby in terms of agreeing the deal in principle and that he doesn't come then till next summer. Um, Jude Bellingham aside, because apparently there's not a hope in hell of him coming in, with Jones injured, with Ox injured, Martin gone, do we have enough in midfield? Or do you see us possibly... Look, we all would like to see somebody coming in, but do you see them bringing anybody in? No. it's I I don't have the same reservations about our midfield. I find the use of the word tenuous to be inflammatory, bordering How on... How dare you, Ron? <laughs> you're you're going to use a word that is a synonym for weak for a midfield that has James Milner in it? He would fly two-legged tackle through your wall right now to take you out if you were on the same continent, I think. I, I, I just don't. like So, you, like, the three names you listed off right there. Tyler Morton, I think his any minutes that he had last year, I think now, after the preseason, are going to be completely taken by Stefan Bychetic. I think he had such a spectacular season that that fringe youth player that's maybe just a little too good for the youth but not quite good enough for the first team, I think Bychetic took that spot with both hands in the preseason. I thought he was fantastic. Last year in the league, Harvey Elliott had six starts, Ox- or six appearances. Oxlade-Chamberlain had 17. I think Harvey Elliott will absorb all of those appearances by Chamberlain and more. Curtis Jones only had 15 appearances in the league last year. I think even with this injury he has now, he'll probably get 20, 25 appearances in the league. So I'm not worried about it at all. They, the opposite side of it is I the, the injuries that we have picked up in the preseason, not so much goalie because we've ended up having to watch Adrian in games, but, you know, bless his little heart, he's done pretty good. Uh, you know, Kanate going down with an unknown knee injury, well, guess what? That just opens the door for Joe Gomez, who has just signed a new contract extension with Liverpool that could play himself onto a World Cup team with England, have a chance to actually win the World Cup. That sounds like a pretty motivated player to me. We have two exciting young players in our team that could play in the midfield, could play in attack. 
Curtis Jones goes down, that's tough for Curtis Jones. And maybe he can fight back from that and come back with some fighting spirit. Maybe that's what he needs, a little bit of adversity in his life. He can talk to somebody, I don't know, like Joe Gomez, about what it means to be a bright young player and suffer an injury, you know, again and again and again and have to come back from the treatment table. It's, I just, I'm not concerned about it. Again, hyper optimistic because the season's almost here. But, you know, we get an injury in the midfield, like I, I, can't remember which one of you said, but let's say, you know, Henderson goes down against Fulham in the first game. Yeah, that sucks. You know, I mean, that's the captain. That's Hendo down. You know, he's an old guy. That's not very good for him. But holy shit, that means that Harvey Elliott's going to get back into that eight position. And I'm excited about that. Going forward, Trent, Mo, Harvey, that excites me. So it doesn't, it doesn't terrify me. The games are going to come thick and fast, but the games come thick and fast for everybody. We're not going to be the only team that suffers injuries. And I'll tell you what, an injury to Jordan Henderson might hurt Liverpool, but an injury to Kevin De Bruyne would be catastrophic for Manchester City because they don't have the bodies. We do have the bodies. We might not have the superstar names, but we've got players that know the system, that have something to prove, that have their futures tied down long-term to Liverpool. Everything points in the right direction. So, and Behind the scenes, 100%. Like, I'd, I hadn't heard that story about a potential Navi-style deal for Jude Bellingham. That would be fantastic. I'd love that. That'd be great. Because you know that Ward and Co. are working behind the scenes full speed on those midfield replacements. Because, again, three older players, contracts running out at the end of next season, you do have to get some midfielders in. So, without question, they're doing that work right now. So, I'm not concerned about it. And the last thing I'll say is – everybody goes back to this thing of, you know, wow, the midfield is getting a little older. Henderson's a year older. So are the young kids. Everybody ages at the exact same rate. So yeah, Henderson's getting a little bit older. Milner's getting a little older. Fabinho, Thiago. But guess what? Harvey Elliott's getting a little bit more experience. You know, his brain's moving a little bit quicker. So is Fabio Carvalho. So is Curtis Jones. So it's, come on, let's, let's be optimistic. We're going into the season. Come on. Yeah, Ron. <laughs> Sorry, I'm glad you, I bet you're glad you picked that topic now, huh? A Actually, I am. Canadian I am. You just I'm, got there. <laughs> hey, man. I mean, if you if you heard my clients this morning, you you you'd understand why that just washed off. But that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing it's to, like obviously it's nothing against Ron. It's just you know. It's, I, know, I, I think, and I mean, I've done this discussion, I don't know, four or five times this summer. So like, I'm getting a little tired of hearing about it because I'm starting to see these players that, you know, we might need to rely on in a worst case situation. And I think they're pretty exciting young players that we got. We're not carrying any dead weight on our team. The only reason I didn't mention that player you mentioned is that I can't pronounce his name. So I'm glad you brought him up. Yeah, I can't pronounce it either. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Um, so look, on to our final topic for the evening. Uh, so it's basically the impact of Darwin Nunes, um, but probably the impact of the front line as a whole, uh, Ash. Um, what you wanted to speak about was how do we, how do we make up the goals that we've lost in Mane, Origi, Minamino. How do you see the front line making up that? Do you see the front line making up for the goals that we're, we're going to miss out from them, guys? I reckon we will. Um, like I said, 22 goals between the three in the Prem that we're essentially missing out on. Um, the majority of that being Sadio Mane, obviously. Big loss, big player for us. Was the start of the clock catalyst and the changing of the team. Um, so that is going to be the main focal point of trying to to get back was his goals, and as you could 
might have seen already from some pundits. They're already writing us off because Sadio Mane is gone, which I think is a ridiculous claim because, yes, Sadio Mane was a big player, but has our transfers really let us down in the past? No, I can't. I can't see why. Why that claim that we're we're going to struggle is going to going to be true. So, so yeah, like I said, we've got a full preseason of uh, Luis Diaz now. Um, six months on a on a fly. Go and do what you want to do, and then we'll sort you out in the summer. So I'm excited to see how he's going to do. Um, and last season he only had so eight goals for Liverpool, couple in the Champions League. So. I would expect him to to claw back the 22 deficit by at least, say, another seven or eight. So he ticks him into double figures in the Prem for next season. And then you look at the likes of Darwin Nunes, which is is the big, shiny new £64 million man or £100 million if you're Sky Sports and they want to make out as though he's more expensive than, than Haaland. But uh, that's for another day. Um, and I think we've seen the, the difference in, in a couple of games with Nunes um, you know, after 50 odd minutes in the first couple of preseason games, everyone's losing their shit and saying how, how floppy he is. And there's compilations from all these rival fans and taking the piss out of him left, right, and center. And then what happens? He scores four goals and everyone's quickly deleting, delete, 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 delete. And um, there was a big hype over the weekend, obviously, with the, the Nana, uh, Haaland versus Nunes debate, should I say. Um, there's so much focus on Haaland. It was nice the fact that Nunes come on, changed the game with half hour to go and, and gets his goal at the end. And I think that's massive for us going forward into the season because it's all, they always say the first goal is always the hardest to get. Yeah, okay, it's not a, a competitive game per se, but you can see the celebration afterwards and the fact that the trophy was given to him and he, he was absolutely buzzing. And I've fully expecting to get off the mark on Saturday, if I'm truthfully honest. So, 22 goals we've got to make up from, from last season in the Prem. I I will say that Diaz will take two... So, so I reckon you will get another 10 in the Prem, so you go for at least a dozen. I reckon Nunes will top 15 minimum in the Prem. And then we've got the likes of Carvalho... Harvey Elliott as well. Now we've got to look at Jota. Obviously, he had a very good first half of the season. And then second half of the season, he had his injury and his, his form completely obliterated. He literally only scored three goals in the last 13 games in the Prem. And you're thinking at the rate that he had at Christmas, you would have thought he would have at least hit 20, 25 Premier League goals or beyond that. So... Yeah, okay, he's going to miss the first couple of weeks. But then, like I said, once he's back in the swing of it, I wouldn't imagine it would take him long to um, to get back to uh, to the form that he was in. And then you've got to also remember Salah. You know, brilliant first first half of the season. He looks hungry, doesn't he? He looks hungry. He, looks, he, he wants it. You can see it on Saturday. He looks relaxed. He looks ready to go. It's like the weight. Highlights in his hair. Yeah, yeah, I did notice. That. I was like, is that the is that the light or is that the genuine Um But yeah, he looks he looks back to the to the mode that we knew from last season, the first half of it. He looks hungry, sharp, ready to go. And you've got to remember at Christmas, he had 
22 goals, I think it was. I, I saw earlier. 22 goals by Christmas, I think it was, in all competitions. Uh, 31 by the end of it. So in the second half of the season, he only scored nine goals. Now, with the rate that he had in the first half compared to the second half, you're thinking a fully fit, no pressure. No, no AFCON. No, no AFCON. No, exactly that. You're thinking at least... 30 Premier League goals. I, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me again if if he's close to the 44 goals that he had in the first year. So I think even though we are losing the Mane, the Div, the Tacky goals, I think there's so much firepower mm. from uh, from the rest of the lads that uh, I think we've got more than enough to, to, get, it, to get it done, basically. Uh, Kev O'Sullivan's uh, missus wants you to keep talking there. She says she's loving your accent. <laughs> it's, it's, she the, says it's like being at home. So um, there was a couple of comments went in there uh, about uh, Diaz. I think it was Kevin Ball saying that he'd like to see uh, Diaz get at least 20 in all competitions. Um, and then it was the day trippers commented. So I'm assuming that's Gav saying that Diaz needs to get into more goal scoring positions like Mane did. Yeah. Um, I've noticed when he when he kind of when he comes inside, he, he he brings it in. He comes inside. He always shoots for the far post, and I do be shouting at the Teddy, just change it once and aim for the near post, a whip to the near post. Um, I I have all faith in in Diaz to to find his scoring boots. Like you said, it's thirty nine in all competitions, twenty two in the Premier League. Does Nunes? Diaz, Jota. Now, bear in mind that Jota himself got what is it, twenty-one goals um, in all competitions. Yeah, last year. So, um, even something similar from him. Does do Diaz, Carvalho, and Nunez make up those twenty-two Premier League goals that Mane or that the other guys brought in, uh, Arigi, Minamino, and Mane um, in the league? I think easily. Um, I won't. Put, I won't put my neck on the line and say how many. Um, but I do um, think that they'll make them up. Matt, do you see the goals that we're going to miss out on from Origi, Minamino and um, Mane being kind of made up by Nunes, Diaz and possibly Carvalho this season, this coming season? I mean, replacing the mm. impact of Divock Origi's goals is probably impossible, but the number of them, yeah, I think I think that should be easily done. Um I, our forward line, I, I really, really like the look of Darwin Nunez. I think he provides a real different option. And uh, despite what I was thinking a week or even four or five days ago, I think he's going to start the first game of the season. I think Klopp's going to throw him right in there because there's no way that Marco Silva's been preparing for what Darwin Nunez is going to bring. He's going to have the tape of the old 4-3-3 Liverpool, Bobby dropping in deep, and they're going to put this kid out there who is lightning fast, tall and strong, and he's going to get the service from our fullbacks. And I think the most exciting is those weird little around-the-corner balls from Thiago when the play is moving one way and he moves the ball the exact opposite direction with Darwin breaking off of the defender's shoulder. I think that is going to be lethal. Same thing with Trent when he gets the ball on the right side and he looks like he's just cycling it back in harmlessly and he gets it onto his left foot. Once those guys get that understanding down, like a quarterback and a wide receiver combination where they can just give a look and they and he, and he knows, I got to go and he's going to put that ball there for me. Once that starts to get developed and it doesn't look like it's going to take very long, it's it could be lethal up there. And I think one of the biggest 
beneficiaries of that is going to be Luis Diaz because I can see a lot of the ball coming into Darwin, the two center halves being drawn to him and him nodding the ball down, kind of like what Andy did for his goal against City uh, on the weekend. I can see a lot of that, especially once teams start realizing the the threat that he brings and how it changes our attack. It's uh, I can see, yeah, Darwin laying off a lot of balls to Luis Diaz to run onto where he, all he has to do now is just put the ball in the net. He doesn't have to, you know, take the ball past three or four defenders and from the edge of the box try to put one in the top bin. Just be right there, be ready to pounce, and when that ball comes in, you know, be on it like a shot because it could be falling right at your feet. So, yeah, it even if we come five goals short of replacing the total of the outgoing forwards, we score a shit ton of goals, and we've got a fantastic defense. So I, I don't think you can say we didn't win the league because we didn't score enough goals, but I think we might even score more goals next season. So, well, We scored 94 prem goals last year. And yeah, it would surprise me if we if we get that again. If I'm, you know, even with the likes of Manu, Tackin, and Div not being there, ninety four goals is a is a ridiculous amount over a space yeah. of thirty eight. And again, like like I said, a, a hungry Salah, a Diaz who can can only get better. Uh, Jota doing exactly the same. Even if Bobby chips in a couple more, he only had five Premier League goals last year. So even if he doubles his return. You know, that's never five goals, and that makes up pretty much nearly Taki and, and Divock's return from last season. So, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't surprise me if we get the 94, if not over 100 next year. But sorry for cutting in. Uh, sorry. No, Grant. Uh, Ron, in terms of the forward line, do you think we have what it takes to, to kind of fill those goals, or do you feel that the front line is a bit tenuous? <laughs> <laughs> it's word of the night, that is. <laughs> Uh, apparently, it's gonna it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be a word. It's gonna uh, I'm gonna have to like check on again. I'm like, wait a minute, I I didn't I didn't think it was gonna have that level of impact. But, I'm gonna uh, try and use that word as much as I possibly can all this week now in work and everything. <laughs> or the missus hands well, me a cup of tea. I mean, you see the re- you see the result, right? You see the result. So. <laughs> um, no, I, I I think I think we got more than enough firepower. Um, what I really like about how the four line is shaping up. I think Matt kind of touched on it a little bit there is the fact that um, it is so unpredictable at going forward now about, about just how these guys are going to interact, just how, what the timing is going to look like, how you play it, who's going to spin, who's going to, who's going to drop. Um, and I think as far as Diaz Diaz goes, I think there's two things that that he does that really remind me of Mane. One is he's got the pace Mane had back in like 17, 18. Uh, so he has that. So there's that one commonality. The second one is it kind of looks like to me, Luis is the same thing Mane did does, which is when he gets the ball at his feet, there are two people who are surprised about what happens next: the defender and Luis Diaz. My 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 used to do that a lot, where you get the ball and he would make a move or or a spin, and he was like, it didn't look like he didn't look like his body could spin that way or do that move, and it surprises both himself and the defender that it actually he actually pulled it off. And I think Diaz is, is is sort of similar in that vein, which is why he ends up in the shooting positions that he ends up in. I think because I think the I think his shot selection kind of reflects the fact that he ended up where he didn't. Didn't really, he didn't really plan on end up where he ended up. He just kind of got there by just trying to beat the guy first and foremost and then getting getting a shot away. Um, I think also, uh, I think it was alluded to in the comments by some of the viewers, uh, I think the way Nunez plays is going to open up a lot of lanes 
uh, for, for Diaz as well. So for me, I think I don't think scoring is going to be anywhere near our problem. I think if we if we had the league's top three scorers last season, uh, when everybody kind of knew what to expect from us, now with 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 two new additions that they don't really know what to do with, I I, I don't see them I don't see them putting putting it in, in towards us on that in any way, shape, or form. Just uh, while you were talking there, so I'm going back say seventeen, eighteen. When the front three were at their peak, let's say, well, they were coming to their peak, and defences didn't know how to deal with them. And Salah had pace, Mane had pace, but Bobby wouldn't have been blessed with pace. What are defences going to make of these three? Like, all three of them are absolute blistering. So, whatever about what you've described there, the balls from Trent, that kind of stuff, but let's say even from a the opposition's corner. We've seen, we saw breakaway goals. We saw the goal. Yeah, the goals where I think it was the ball to Shaq. Shaq in was it against West Ham? Into yeah, like yeah. literally within three seconds, it was a goal. There was the one against Arsenal. What is it going to be like with these three? They're not going to teams. Are, teams are not going to be leaving one guy back. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> that that um, won't be the strategy. That that'd be a good way to get beat two 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 versus one. Well, look, uh, Lazo right. makes a good point Even there. It's not long kids. ago. Yeah, not long ago that Spurs scored the most goals and conceded the fewest and still didn't win the league. Um, and then there was another uh, quote, another message there as well that 12 months ago we'd heard very little about uh, Diaz, probably even less about Nunez, and here they are on the verge of being world-quality footballers. Um, so, yeah, I think... Uh, I replied I to that one. I replied to that one, Evan. Oh, that's, that's what we do. That's what we do. Yeah. yeah. We take players and we make them superstars Sadio Mane ah yeah you might have heard of him if you watch some Premier League stuff but if you only followed the big teams you might have heard of his quick hat trick that he scored for Southampton you know even Virgil he was playing for Southampton for God's sake you know Mo Salah ah, failed at Chelsea we make superstars because we have the best manager in the world and everything is I mean it's a golden era it's that's why I enjoy it so so much like the club is operating at absolute peak efficiency. So, yeah, no, he might not be nailed on. And that's kind of why I mentioned last night on the prediction show. Of, you know, most other teams' shows going through who's the most overpriced player of the season, almost certainly all of them are saying Darwin Nunez because he's one of the big money transfers of the season and he's completely unproven. But the track record that we have for transfers is proven, you know, with the exception of Marco Gruich, Loris Karius. Did you? Uh, I'll go to you, Ash, with Nunez, with all of the the videos and the TikToks and all the viral memes and all that kind of stuff about Nunez. Well, blimey, you ain't seen. Did it never? Did it never? Well, did it never? Um, did it never make you? Did it ever make you doubt Nunez or how quickly he would settle? And then, how do you feel now after? This? Look, his four goals against Leipzig. Okay, they all came out. Oh, it's only Leipzig. It's only the team that knocked, I think they knocked United out of the Champions League, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's, he, he comes on, upstages Haaland, and in Haaland's, uh, in the Community Shield, Haaland's Community Shield comes on and upstages him, and then it's only the Community Shield. I'm just looking for, forward to proving more and more people wrong week mm-hmm. in, week out. But was there ever any doubt for yourself? I wouldn't say it was doubt. It was, 
I suppose a little bit of worry because did you start thinking he looks like Andy Carroll a bit? Uh, maybe in height. <laughs> um, now I, I think it was said in the it was said in the Telegram the other day that now it's uh, Haaland is the Scandi Carroll. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. very good. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, touche, touche. Um, like I said, I've, I've said it before on, on previous shows. I did. I didn't really watch much. Of the Portuguese league, the only thing I ever saw of Nunes was when he played us last year in the Champions League, and I was impressed in those two games that he played against us. He was a menace, scored a couple of goals, had a couple disallowed, and he he certainly made our defence work hard that night. And you saw the comments from Virgil and and some of the other lads afterwards. You know, they made us they made a claim that he's one of the best strikers that they played against. Um, and then the big prices come in, you know, sixty four million and. We've got a very good track record when it comes to, to transfers, as we all know. But some part of you thinks deep down, unless it's just me, is this going to be the one where the bubble bursts and this isn't going to be a successful one compared to the rest? Because, yeah, it's all well and good us having a very good track record, but not everything is going to be a perfect signing. As as Matt mentioned, the, the Loris Karius's and the, and the Marco Grujic, it will happen um, but you don't want this to be a very expensive mistake. Um, so there was a bit of, okay, let's just give him time. Let's give him, like Klopp, who's done it in the past, and he's done it with Robbie, who's done it with Fabinho. They don't always get chucked in from the very start. If, if you're not ready, you're not ready. I'll pull you out of the team for six months if need be. And then, as we've seen it now, those two first two names on the, on the, on the team sheet. Uh, four goals against Leipzig will help him. It might have been one of the easiest four goals you'd ever see. A penalty, two cock-ups from the, from the goalkeeper. But who cares? It doesn't matter that he scored. Um, Charity Shield or Community Shield, whichever way you want to look at it. Um, it's one of those, isn't it? If you win, brilliant. If you don't, ah, oh, it's only a friendly. But I think it's the magnitude of who we scored against. It's Man City. If it was, if it was a Tottenham or Arsenal, then I, I think it might be a little bit more overlooked. If it doesn't um, happen, uh, does full it strength Man City defence. Exactly might add, that. Yeah, probably the part. Um, yeah. And I, I don't even think it was his goal. It was it was his all round general. Like he was just a menace when he came on. Yeah, yeah, he didn't give him a minute. And I look and and he, I've seen things where he's been slagged all week for the ripping off his jersey. It's only the Community Shield. That's uh, basically a two fingers up to the people that doubted him, and I loved exactly. seeing that. I absolutely yeah. loved seeing it. It's a bit, it's a bit of a shouseery as well in some ways, um, which sometimes we've been accused of being lack, lacking of in our uh, in our team. Um, just don't give a, don't care. It's like I will do what I want, and if I want to celebrate over wildly in a in a community show match, I will. So suck it up. Um, you just know if he doesn't if he doesn't score twenty goals by Christmas, everyone will be writing him off and calling him a flop. So I'm I'm going into this season with the hope that he does well, but then I'm not too fussed if he doesn't reach the twenty twenty five goal mark, like some people are hoping that he will. I'll be happy if he score if he scores fifteen goals in all competition and has nine assists. He's had he's had a contribution. As we know, some players are slower than others of getting off the mark but they always turn out good in the end. So I'm not worried at all, mate. I'm just excited to see him play. I think that's the good thing about our front line is, is that we, like, the, 
okay, so there might be a pressure of a of a price tag. I don't think you'd be allowed to feel that. Club won't allow that to happen, and Pep yeah. won't allow that to happen. Um, I, I, the fact that you've got the Firmino's, Diaz, Salas, um, arguing, look, he, 100% he's coming in. He's cost twice as much as what Salah did, but he's uh, there's no doubt who the star of the team still is, is, is Salah. Um, I know that that probably wouldn't be felt around training grounds and stuff like that, but... And um, that even takes a lot of pressure off him. So I yeah. don't think I don't think we're as reliant on him to do well as maybe other teams are reliant on their big uh, signings to do well, which I think takes an awful lot of pressure off him as well. It's not, it's not the same, is it, as like when we signed Torres and Suarez. They were brought in to be the main man and there was so much expectancy on them to get us the goals, to get us the wins. Whereas now you don't we've got five players up front who's all going to chip in, so there's not. It's not coming in with the uh, with the cloud over heads, expecting to to score the 20, 25 goals to make sure that we go up the league. So that's it's a massive contrast to our previous striker signings compared to now. Like I said, yeah. you've got Salah, you've got Diaz, you've got Jota, you've got Bobby. There's plenty there for them to to suck it all up and and get the goals and take take the pressure off of Nunes. And Matt, you're all in on Nunes, absolutely lighting up the league this season. Same as what John yeah. Bowler actually says there. Well, maybe maybe not to that extent. I mean, uh, I think the, 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 reclaim, the reclaimer in the chat thinks that Nunez is going to score more than Salah this season. And I, that's, that's a bridge too far for me. I just went back through from some old show notes here. And a uh, month and a half ago, we were talking about how we thought Darwin would do for goals in the league. Emmett, you said uh, 15 league 15. goals. Keith? Keith said, uh, yeah, 15. Yeah, Keith said 20 plus, And Gav said 35 all comps. So... And you guys were real, uh, you know, Gav especially was real in on Darwin early, but I do think he's going to have a huge impact. But it might be more like, I believe my shout was for 30-plus goal contributions in all competitions because I can really see him laying the ball off to the other forwards a lot. And, yeah, Mo and Luis Diaz are going to profit off of that. But he's just, the more I see of him, the way that it changes our team, it really, it's going to loosen Salah, like, Teams have been focusing so much on shutting Mo Salah down because they knew that they could leave Bobby Firmino alone a little bit. You know, teams could sleep on Bobby because he would drift, you know, and so this, that center half, instead of being attracted to our center forward, is now going over out onto the left side of their defense to help double up on Mo. It ain't going to take too many, you know, appearances by Darwin Nunez and a couple of goals here and there, and those two center halves are going to be very concerned about where Darwin Nunez is, and that's going to let Salah have a season, you know, maybe as good as his first season. I mean, that would be unbelievable. But, uh, you know, that's why I was saying yesterday that, you know, Salah is going to win the Golden Boot again and he'll be the player of the season again because it's that change to our attack is just going to force teams to leave Salah just that little bit less covered with the double team at all times. So you're sticking by the tour de goal contributions? I think so, yeah. I think with goals and assists, like, I don't know, like, you know, 20, 20 league goals is tough. You know, there's not a lot of players score 20 Premier League goals a season sort of thing. That's it's pretty rarefied air to get up to. It, again, I'm not going to say no if it happens. That's 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 great. But I think I think you could provide more assists than you'd think. And, uh, you know, maybe not be that drop deep kind of Harry Kane role, but how Harry Kane has started to complement his game by deciding that other people are allowed to score goals and not every goal has to be his goal. Uh, Even the ones that aren't his goal. Yeah. He swears on his daughter's life. He swears <laughs> on his daughter's life. Um, Ash, if you were to be put on the spot, what would you say? So I said fifteen. So I said fifteen Premier League goals. I'll go twenty. What did Keith say? Twenty-two. 
Keith said 20-plus Premier League, and Gab said 35 all comps. I'll go tw- 24 all comps. Ash. I was going to go 21. All comps. Yeah, you? 21 all comps. No, 21 um, all comps. I reckon they'll get uh, at least a dozen in the in the league, a couple in the cups, and about half a dozen in Champions League. Ron, if you were put on the spot. <laughs> Which you are being. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. Um, I'll go... 22 all comps, uh, 16 in the prim. Okay. That brings me to last night's show. So I listened to that today. Now, you don't have to. I I kept track of everybody's picks. I don't know whether you listened. Did you listen, Ash? No, I didn't, mate. I was a bit busy in work today, so I haven't had a chance to to listen yet. But it's on my to-do list. Don't worry. I I won't put you on the spot then. Um, so what I wanted to do, and I didn't even say this to Gav, it would probably kill me. What I would mm-hmm. like to do is I would like to get the same predictions from all contributors before okay. the start. Well, maybe not before the start of the season, but before the we're two weeks or so into the season. And what we'll do is we'll save it and then come back at the end of the season and see who was uh, right. So what I might do is I might get Gav to maybe send that around or even – I might even put it into the Telegram. I, I don't care who, how many I keep track of. If somebody wants to send it to me, so I'll do up some sort of a message and uh, we'll have a look. We'll we'll do a, a Brendan Rogers kind of brown envelope thing and um, <laughs> we'll lock it up until the end of the season and then we'll go in and have a look at it. So basically what it was, Ash, is who's your top six, who's your bottom three, who's your top scorer, who's your top assist there, first manager to go, biggest flop, um, one to watch, there was a lot of others in there. I'll send them on to you. So I'd like to yeah. get them. So I won't put you on the spot because you, you haven't heard it yet. Um, but I've put mine in. I'll show them to Matt just so there's no change and after. And what we'll do is um, then at the end of the at the end of the season on a viewer's voice or whatever show, we'll uh, we'll probably um, open them up and see how well everybody did. I think everybody has spores finishing third, if I'm being perfectly honest. <laughs> um, that's it. Yeah. But look, lads, it's just gone over the hour now, so we'll uh, we'll wrap things up. Um, anything else from yourself, Matt? No, uh, just to say uh, next time I see Ash, will probably be in uh, Liverpool before the Palace game. So really looking forward to it. A uh, couple other trippers going to be over there too. So like, ah, man, a couple days to go. I'm, I'm even looking forward to watching Arsenal play Crystal Palace on Friday. I can't, I can't wait. <laughs> um, and we're going to catch the United game. We are, yeah. If, uh, if anybody's in Dublin, if they want to come down to, I believe, Ryan's on Camden Street on Monday night to watch the uh, United game, I'll be there with my wife before we, we fly home the next morning at 10 a.m., so I might not uh, be able to get quite Straight as... to the airport from Ryan's, I'd say it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ron, anything else from you? <laughs> no, no. Uh, good to see you guys again. Um, looking forward to uh, getting the season started and chatting up again. And uh, I will uh, double check my uh, on my on the use of tenuous once, when we get offline. <laughs> <laughs> I was only one you. Ash, anything else from yourself? No, mate. All good. Uh, thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to Saturday. The season begins. Bring on Fulham. Nunes hat trick. Five nil win. Um, <laughs> Matt, get those Guinnesses ready, mate. In a couple of weeks, we'll uh, mm-hmm. we'll make sure we get get ready for the Palace game. And if we don't win, then you'll never go into Anfield again, mate. All right? I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thanks, good, good, good thing we're gonna win. 
So, yeah, as always, yeah, uh, we're just looking for people to uh, donate for uh, Bobby's Wish to Walk as well. The link will be in the description. Uh, no donation too big or too small. Um, uh, he's looking to get the same kind of treatment as we assisted with Sienna um, last year. So if you can donate, please do. It's in the description. Um, but that's it from us. Uh, it's been the viewer's voice. Um, thanks, Ash. Thanks, Ron. Thanks, Matt. And uh, we will... Uh, We'll be back again next week. See you then. Sports Social Podcast Network.